Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Vet Voice and our brand new podcast, The Pet Pod. This is the podcast that's all about pets. I'm Dr. Zara Boland. I'm a clinical vet, a media consultant, and a self-confessed all-round animal lover. I'm also a really proud pet parent of Rumba, my beautiful Bernie's Mountain Dog, and a rascally rescue cat called Scamp. Each episode of the Pet Pod, I'm going to be joined by my friends and colleagues from across the veterinary and the pet health industry so that we can share with you lots of handy tips and expert advice on how to keep your pet healthy and happy. So at the moment, we're all experiencing this very surreal, extraordinary period in our lives during the current coronavirus global pandemic. There's been a rapid and extraordinary increase in cases over the past three months. We know that on the 31st of December, the Chinese authorities alerted the World Health Organization to 27 cases of severe pneumonia of unknown origin. Now, at the beginning of April, we have over 1 million confirmed cases of this novel coronavirus worldwide. And so just to make the distinction, we hear a lot the terms coronavirus and COVID-19. Coronavirus is actually the cause of the condition. And COVID-19 is what the World Health Organization have termed the disease or the condition that this novel coronavirus has caused in people. A friend of mine asked me the other day, so does 19 mean that there's been 19 versions of it? But actually, the 19 is simply because it was first identified literally at the end of 2019. There seems to be an awful lot of myth and rumors circulating, especially on social media. And I really want to try and cut through that and share some good, solid advice with you and to discuss the benefits of pet ownership, because they can be a huge source of comfort to us, particularly at a time like this. So to discuss how this situation is impacting on all of us, as well as on our pets, I thought who better to call upon than my very good friend, Dr. Pete Wedderburn. Now, Pete's a clinical vet, a practicing vet in Wicklow in Ireland. He's also well known across the media there and in the UK for his many contributions to articles, writing and TV and radio broadcasts. And in fact, he's known to many as simply Pete the Vet. So because of the current circumstances, Pete and I were unable to meet, but due to the wonders of modern technology, we were able to chat to each other from our own houses. Hi, Pete, and welcome to the Pet Pod. Hi, Zara, and thanks for asking me along. So the first question that I know many of our listeners might be having, Pete, is that they've been hearing about a number of isolated cases that have been reported in the media. There was two dogs in Hong Kong. Most recently, there's been a cat in Belgium that have been tested as positive for coronavirus. 
So I think the question that an awful lot of people seem to be asking is how does coronavirus impact on their pet? And if it does, how does that impact their interaction with their pet? These are good questions. And I think it's really important to state that the three cases you've mentioned are absolutely isolated rare incidents and there have meanwhile been hundreds of thousands of pets living with people who've got coronavirus uh, and pets haven't been affected in any adverse way at all Um, and so pets haven't been implicated in the spread of the virus from human to human in fact i'd be saying very much that pets have a strong positive role to play during this pandemic they're a healthy reminder of normality for us all with our own homes as we're isolated from other homes. Um, pets aren't aware of what's going on, so they carry on with their normal living in the present moment lives. They're like in-house tutors in mindfulness and there are real benefits there. But I think what does need to be talked about is the, the rather theoretical concern that's never been proven to be a real life issue. And that is that pets are like any other object in the home of a person who is positive for the virus. So just as cough droplets could splatter onto your mobile phone or your sleeve or your scarf, so they could possibly land on your pet if you cough right beside them. And then if your pet moved over a little bit and stood beside somebody else and the person touched the drops, in theory, the drops could be transferred to their hand. And if they put their hand to their mouth or their nose or their face, then in theory, the drops could be transferred again. As I say, this is a theoretical concern, But what I'd be saying to people is, if you're in a situation like I am here in Ireland, if you're self-isolating your household, just in the same way as you wouldn't lend someone else your, your mobile phone or your coat or your scarf, it makes sense that you wouldn't lend your pet to somebody else. And, you you know, if you go out for a walk, which you probably are still allowed to do, you really should say, look... Um, my pet is part of my household. I'm keeping my household in isolation, so please don't touch my pet. And you don't touch their pet. It's that kind of thing. A household should be seen as individual and separate cells, and we should keep ourselves to ourselves within our own little bubbles. That's great advice, Pete. But you do raise an important point. And in fact, there are a number of of different groups of people who may be forced to self-isolate if they've tested positive for the disease COVID-19, or indeed if they're just suspicious that they might have it because of some symptoms. And they have dogs. And if they live in an apartment where they don't have an area for their dog to go to the toilet, for example, it's an important physiological function. And the specific guidance that's been issued to help these people to allow their dogs outside to go to the toilet. So Can you elaborate a little bit on that for us, please? Yes. Well, I think the first thing to say is that dogs can be walked pretty much as normal. Everybody can walk their dogs as normal, apart from those cases that you've mentioned. So everybody else, you can take your dog out for a walk. I would be saying to you, you should um, only let your dog out by itself to run, if you like, off the leash, if you're in an area where there are no other animals and no people, um, because we don't want your dog rolling around with another animal or jumping up on other people. Remember... You're meant to be in a bubble with your pets. So we don't want your bubble coming into contact with anybody else's bubble. So keep your dog on the leash unless you're sure that it's uh, it's going to keep well away from everybody else. So that's the first thing to say. But other than that, people can go out to exercise their pets as normal. So if you're walking somebody else's dog, it's important you do that in a controlled way. Um, and what that means is you consider each individual case first and find out about the dog beforehand, find out its likes and dislikes. Is it a sociable dog? Is it an anxious dog? Is it aggressive to other dogs sometimes? Just so that you know what to expect. And what you should also do is you should agree the process in advance before you actually 
get the dog. I think that's an important point. And I just want to emphasize that because people need to think in advance for the situation where they might enter into a point where they need to stay at home and they weren't planning to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so talk to people on the phone and agree the time and how long you're going to be away with the dog and all that sort of stuff. And what you should also do is agree where you're going to go because this dog probably has a place where it normally walks. And, and it makes sense that you, 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 know, you, you go to the same place so the dog isn't going to be going somewhere where it's, it's, not, it's not used to. Um, it's best that you, you try to stick to its more or less its, its normal routine. Um, and so, so um, what you should also do is find a way work out a way together of how to collect and return the dog securely in a way which maintains a two meter distance between you and the person who is who is self-isolating um, and that that might be for example you might agree that they'll um, tie the dog to the back door um, uh, at a particular time and you arrive there at exactly that time or they see you coming and then they open the door put the dog out and then you go up the dog and get it and what you should do is use a different leash so you don't use the leash that they've been using. You put your own leash on the dog, and and that makes good sense. And sterilize. We need to be sure we sterilize those leashes as well. Isn't that right? Indeed, in, bet in between walks. Um, and you should never walk somebody else's dog at the same time as this particular dog. You should walk that dog by itself, okay? And you should also ask somebody else from the household to open and close all doors for you. Don't you be doing it. You have to just focus on being separate from from people who are in the house and you shouldn't handle anything else during any time of contact like your own phone or you know, taking your coat on or off try and stick to just just basically holding the leash and minimize touching the dog as well just so you're trying to remember that you're creating social distance between you and the pet now this all seems kind of over the top to be honest when you when, when you think about it because i've already said that the risk is minimal the risk is absolutely minimal but we are deliberately being over the top because um, this is, you're imagining that um, there's a tiny, 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 tiny risk, and you're trying to reduce that tiny risk to zero. And that's what we're doing here. So we're being paranoid. We're being deliberately paranoid. And so you have to remember that. Don't get yourself upset if accidentally something happens, like you do touch somebody's doorknob or or you, you pet the dog a bit more than you meant to. It really doesn't matter that much. We, we have to have, if you like, a platinum goal you know, of, of the absolute perfect state but we're not gonna get too fast if it's not perfect pete that's brilliant advice so if i can try and summarize it then what we've said is that at the moment there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever of pets playing any role in the spread of the disease of the current covid 19 global pandemic and in fact this has been enforced by the oie which is the world organization for animal health the human outbreaks are currently being driven by person-to-person -person contact. So to re-emphasize what you were just telling us now, the reason we're being so super vigilant and cautious in the advice that we're giving is to prevent that human-to-human -human transmission. It's not necessarily the, the pet-to-human because, because there's no evidence that that exists. Yeah. And even further on that point, um, the American Veterinary Medical Association have issued some guidance that even talks about the fact that because our pet's hair is so porous and fibrous, it's extremely unlikely that you'd contact the, the virus by petting or playing with your pet. And I think it's important, really what we're talking about is, is basic hand hygiene and cleanliness. Whenever we touch our pets, which we should be doing anyway, we're feeding them, we're cleaning their bowls, just standard hand hygiene. But I think what we want to um, emphasize here is that you know, because of this, we don't want to see our pets um, being isolated from us in this time of extreme stress. Because as we mentioned at the top, both of us, 
really it's a time to bring our pets into our lives it's a time to to really um enjoy them as a source of well-being and see this as an opportunity for us to connect with them and to strengthen the animal bond that we share because i think there's a possibly an underlying fear with all this as you said yourself almost paranoid over vigilance with with pets there might be a chance to disconnect from and that's absolutely the last thing we want to be doing yeah you have to remember that that um in your bubble, in your cell, if you like, with in your household, it, it doesn't matter at all. You can you can play around on the floor, um, hug your pets. You can do absolutely anything you want, and you know there's no issue at all with doing that. The focus here is simply on being in our in our, in our own bubbles um, with our pets, rather than bumping into other people's bubbles. That's the, that's the way I'm seeing it anyway. In fact, one of the things I think that's great about this whole um, period where we're spending more time at home has been the really funny and enjoyable videos people have been posting of their own pets in their own homes. Um, I've been using TikTok recently, trying to keep up with the young ones, and there's some really <laughs> showing your really, age really, there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really really fun and uh, humorous videos with 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 pets. I mean, our animals um, are very very entertaining, um, and they, they, they're entertaining in an accidental way. They don't mean to be, but they still are very, very funny. And there's a great deal of humor to be enjoyed um, by, by spending time with them. It's, it's great to see people posting these videos. It is. But actually, on, um, on that note, I, I feel like a real killjoy. There's also an, a, a serious note to that, because uh, I think we were seeing an awful lot of, of very humorous and entertaining videos where, you know, the animal is suffering absolutely no welfare consequences. But unfortunately, there are some other videos that are circulating that aren't so good and that may actually be negatively impacting on our pets welfare and i'm not sure if you've seen any of those on your on your tiktok platform but i think we need to be very cognizant of not frightening and scaring our pets at this time no you're right i have seen some unfortunate ones where where people set situations up that maybe that frighten animals or or um they hold them in weird ways so the animals look peculiar um and the, people seem to be forgetting that actually for those animals it's no fun at all like for for a cat that's um got sticky tape stuck in its paws and it's dancing around as it tries to get the sticky tape off that isn't any fun for the cat no. and you know it's it's one thing to prank your 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 friends your human friends it's another thing to, to prank animals and really it's it's not a great thing to do at all no, and I think anyone that receives these videos, they need to be deleting them, not sharing them, not passing them on. It's 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 not good. It's really not good. Think about it from the animal's perspective before you before you share. Think about what the animal's are feeling at that moment. Exactly. Exactly. No, it yeah. is. And I think talking about about back to you know the importance that animals play in our lives. There's a number of studies that you and I are more than familiar with that demonstrate how important they can be in a situation of time and stress. We know that they. They lower levels of anxiety. We know that they lower levels of depression. We know that they help alleviate loneliness. And that's particularly important for those people who are living on their own at the moment and maybe self-isolating. And we know that they lower blood pressure. They have a very positive impact in, um, in reducing heart disease. And they even help little kids improve their self-esteem. So there's lots and lots of opportunity at this moment to really strengthen that bond with our pets. And I think one of the best ways to do it is when it comes to mentally stimulating them at home. So we know that dogs, for example, we've just talked about it, they will need to go out to toilet, but they can exercise and play and do all sorts of fun things at home with you. So I know you have some good examples of that, that that you were talking to me about earlier, Pete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, we're blessed in a sense to have all this extra time with our pets. And so we can use that time. And we should remember also, by the way, that dogs don't just burn up 
energy by exercise by going for walks they also burn up mental energy by doing things and so you can you can combine and instead of taking your dog maybe for the usual really long walks you can do things at home like you can have a treasure hunt with your dog you can hide some of their favorite treats in different rooms around the house and do this at a time before their dinner so that they're hungry and um show them where the treats are roughly and then let them go and find them themselves and they'll have a great time chasing them you can also do things like um you can make a thing called a snuffle mat the dogs trust website has got a, a video that shows you how to make your own snuffle mat you can buy them commercially but you can make them yourself oh, sounds brilliant i want to get in and do it how do i do it if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, basically what it is, is it's like a, um, a plastic tray. If you imagine a cat litter tray or something like that. And then you, you put lots of tags of kind of felted material into it uh, through sort of wire mesh. And you, once you've made this kind of dense platform of, of um, fabric tags, you then bury smelly things inside it. And so what will happen is your, 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 your dog will come up to the snuffle mat and will know there's some tasty food in there somewhere. And they have to use their nose to snuffle around, lifting up the, the tags of fabric in order to find the, the treats. And so dogs thoroughly enjoy snuffle mats. And that's a, that's a, a really good thing to try. Another thing to do, I think, is to, to teach them some new tricks. Never too old for new tricks, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> they're never too old. And my particular favorite trick, that, which is, if you like, undertaught, um, not enough dogs know how to do this, is a very simple command called the leave it mm. command. And, and basically what you do is you, you teach your dog this so that the, the end result is that if your dog goes up to something in a park you don't want it to eat, like some horrible fox droppings or something, <laughs> um, 
you know, often it's very difficult to stop your dog from diving into that stuff and rolling around. But if you've taught them the leave it command, as soon as you see them going towards this patch of horribleness, <laughs> you say, leave it. And your dog will immediately look at you and you say, leave it again. And they'll keep looking at you and then they'll come back to you and, and they'll take a treat from you. And that's the leave it command. And it's very easy to teach once you know how. And again, the Dogs Trust website has got a, a video school of dog training called the Dog School. And so you can go on there and it's free. You can learn how to teach your dog these things. That sounds brilliant. And I think what, what we should also not forget in this time is our cats. And cats are very, very amenable to training as well. And they also need a lot of mental stimulation. And I know there's an awful lot of toilet rolls in the world at the moment. And so we should be holding on to the cardboard centers of these toilet rolls once they're used because they provide great stimulation and homemaking capacity for toys for our, our pets, particularly our dogs and cats who use their sense of smell and curiosity to knock over the toilet rolls. We can stick little bits down onto other pieces of cardboard and hide puzzles and treats and really get them all stimulated and motivated to search and work that yeah. mind. And I, I think we should also be looking at our homes and asking ourselves how cat friendly they are. Mm. Um, we haven't designed our houses for cats. We design them for humans. And what that means is often they don't really suit cats. Uh, cats like living in a, a three-dimensional space. In other words, not just horizontally, but also vertically. My, my favorite cat thing at the moment is something called a cat tree. Oh, my Have cat loves, cat oh, absolutely. My cat's mad about the cat tree, especially the one with the little hidey holes that they can get into as well. Yeah, like these, these seem to be relatively new, these things. We, we had cat scratching posts were around for for generations but a cat tree is essentially like a whole series of cat scratching posts piled up on top of each other so the one i have actually goes up to the ceiling um and it's got probably about a dozen different vertical posts and then horizontal collecting platforms and then little cubby holes that the cat can crawl into sometimes then are high up there's some platforms the cat can go up to and look down on the world mm. cats love these because they can basically get away from the world into their own spaces and they can get out of the reach of the dogs and they can find somewhere where they can survey the world in peace. Cats adore them. And you can buy these online. Um, they come as flat-packed um, self-assembly units. So we're able to order stuff online, even if we're in self-isolation. So I, I think if, you, if you've got a cat and you haven't got a cat tree, get one. Get one or make one for sure. And I think yeah. that you've raised a really important point too, Pete, because we're all now living at home. And, and whereas before now, we wouldn't necessarily all be at home 24 hours a day. Um, we'd be out, we'd be working, we'd be shopping, the kids might be going to school. But now we're all on top of each other in kind of very unusual circumstances. And I think, you know, we need to not forget our pets in this situation too. You mentioned in those in those lovely cat trees that they create little, there's some of them with cubby holes that allow cats to escape and get their own space. And I think it's important not to forget that, to allow our pets, our dogs, our cats, our rabbits, our small furries, somewhere where they can go to where they feel safe and protected and retreat when they need to because they're not used to this. Yes, I often liken that to, to children and teenagers having their own bedroom they can go to for peace. And so um, our dogs, they've got so-called crates, and uh, um, also known as indoor kennels. And each of my dogs has one of those and they, they've had them for years and they love them. And, and what it means is that if they ever get just tired of, of being around people, they can go off to their bed inside this wire mesh crate and they can just, they don't get shot in there. They, they can just go there and hang out by themselves. And as a kind of an unwritten rule in our house is that, is that if one of the dogs is in their crate, well, they get left in peace. And we know that if they want to engage with us, they'll come out and engage with us. Exactly. And when they go into their crate, well, then that's their, their private time. That's fine. Works really well. 
It does work well. And I think maybe something else we can talk about is helping pet owners recognize signs that their pets might be becoming distressed. So I know a classic one in, in dogs, for example, that people often misinterpret is when a dog is yawning or licking its lips a lot. Um, mm. That can actually be a sign of anxiety and not actually a sign of, oh, they're tired, they're yawning. It can in dog language be a sign of anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think um, if, if you want some reading material during this um, time when we may have more time than usual to do such things, there's some really good books out about dog behavior. And one of the best ways to improve your relationship with your dog is to understand dog body language more than you do currently. Um, yeah. And you said yawning. Other things would be learning what a, a wagging tail means. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just mean that the dog's happy there's much more to it than that um, and in fact talking when, about uh, sorry to interrupt but talking about wagging mm. tails i know with my dog she's got about six or ten different methods of wagging her tail <laughs> I, I, honestly in the morning i call it she has her windmill tail that's her super happy tail <laughs> it yeah, goes around yeah. like a windmill and then there's other times where it's just swiping back and forth but they, but they all absolutely mean different things <laughs> they do and and ear position is another one like exactly. ears can be up down to one side whatever they all have a meaning and yeah Yes, it's great to understand more about our dogs, what they're trying to say to us because they can't talk. And cats too. Mm-hmm. People often get, get on to me and say, my cat loves being petted, but whenever she rolls over for me tickle her tummy, she gets angry. Oh, that's well, classic. You know, people <laughs> should learn that when a cat rolls its back, it does not mean that it wants to have its tummy tickled. <laughs> it's letting you know, um, I'm your friend and I'm just lying here, letting you know that I'm not worried about you because I'm exposing my belly. But it doesn't mean it tickle my belly no way <laughs> do not tickle my belly cats do not like their bellies being tickled no, they and they will get cross if you do that so again there's some really good books on cat behavior too and cat body language yeah but i think that's a really good one because a cat lying flat on its back with its belly exposed is so tempting especially if it's fluffy you just want to go in and give a little cuddle but you're absolutely right they're telling us that they're relaxed in our company they're trusting us they do not want a belly rub <laughs> No, well, that's it. But listen, one of the things there I think I wanted to mention during this podcast is if your pet is unfortunate enough to fall ill or have an accident during this period, what to do about going to the vet. And that's um, exactly what I was about to ask you next. Thanks, Pete. You've jumped straight <laughs> in. It's a very important one. So, yes, vets have a very important role to play in animal health and welfare. And this is an extraordinary time for, for vets mm. as well as pet owners. So the thing to remember is that vets are obliged ethically and legally to provide a 24-hour cover for your pets if they fall ill, have an accident. That doesn't always mean a vet's going to be there themselves, the same vet that you always see. But what it does mean is that if you phone your vet clinic's phone number, you'll be informed as to how to see the vet. And so that's available 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 366 days a year this year, actually. So you can always contact the vet. Um, What actually happens on the ground is very variable at the moment because, I mean, vets have been told essentially by the government that they should not do anything other than urgent or emergency work. So you will find that that vets have stopped doing perhaps things like nail clipping, um, routine booster vaccinations, um, spays and neuters. A lot of these things have been put off now. They've been put off till later in the year when things have settled down. Um, And there's, you know, people may worry about the immunity of the pet lapsing because the vaccine's delayed. The, the vaccine manufacturers have, have, have given advice here and we, we know that it's very safe to, to, to delay things a bit. Um, so no harm postponing things for, for a few months and that way we reduce the, the number of visits to the vet and therefore we reduce the person-to-person contact to people and therefore reduce the risk of this virus spreading from person to person and that's why that's happening. So really, Pete, what we're discussing here is a triage situation. Yes, so phone your vet, that's the first stage. 
They may do telemedicine, so that they may actually have a video app so you can actually see your vet and talk to your vet and show your vet your pet in person. Or they may just give you advice over the telephone, and they may charge you for that a little bit. Some vets are now charging for that kind of service. Um, and what they'll say is, look, we'll charge you something for the telemedicine. Um, but if you have to come in afterwards, you know, you'll get the fee you pay for telemedicine knocked off your normal vet fee. So basically, vets are trying to be as helpful as possible in this way. And there are some animals which absolutely do need to go to the vet. And if you do need to go to the vet, after the conversation with the vet, if the vet tells you you absolutely must come in, then there'll be ways of doing that that avoid person-to-person contact. For example, in our clinic at the moment, people stay in their cars with their pets. And they phone us when they get into our car park and what we do is we first of all talk to them on the phone and make sure we've got a full clinical history of everything that's going on with their pet and then somebody goes out to the car somebody from the clinic dressed in a you know personal protective equipment with um, aprons and masks and, and gloves and they use one of our vet clinic leashes to take the dog from the car into the building and then we examine and treat the animal away from the owner um, so there's no exposure of the owner to the vet and clinic staff and vice versa. And then the animal is returned to the car and then the owner makes a payment um, by uh, contactless methods such as phoning with a credit card. So that's typical of what a lot of vets are doing right now. And it's very straightforward and very safe and very reassuring for owners to know that by going to the vet, they're not going to expose themselves to any possible risk of picking up the virus. We're very cautious about this. So if I can summarise again for our listeners, what we're saying is that vets have a, have a vital role really in helping to um, to keep everybody safe, in helping to keep themselves safe, their staff safe, pet owners safe. And I and the, the key point here is to phone. To phone ahead, let them know what your concerns are. And vets have been briefed, thoroughly briefed by, um, I know the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons has sent out a lot of advice, the British Veterinary Association, the BSAVA. And so the vets are all very well aware of how to triage and how to determine what's an emergency situation, what's an urgent or a critical situation that might need seeing, or what's not so critical, as you say, something that might be able to be postponed for a few weeks. Um, and that's where I think the phone call and the role of telemedicine is, is really going to come to the fore. And I mean, the important issue here, there's two important issues. One of them is human safety. So avoiding people picking up the virus. The second one is animal welfare. Yeah. We're all determined that we're going to get through this without animals suffering in any way at all. Uh, uh, so vets are well briefed on this. Call your local vet and they'll tell you what to do. That's great, Pete. So I think we've probably covered most of the of the issues that people might be concerned about with our pets. It's just one question that came into me there was somebody wanted to know, should they let their cat out or should they keep their cat in? I, I think for most people, yes, it's fine. If your cat just stays in your back garden, doesn't go any further than that. And if there's nobody sick in your house, I think that's absolutely fine. If you're, if you're in a household that's self-isolating, a bit like I said before, a bit like your dog not meeting other people's dogs, you should you should just keep your cat in. Um, don't Just shut the cat flap and, and have your cat as an indoor cat for this period. That's the safest thing to do. No, oh, great, great top tip, actually. And while I think of it, one of the things also to reassure people is that pet feed and pet supplies are on the essential list. So people don't mm-hmm. have to worry. They don't need to go rushing out and buying lots of cat litter and lots of bedding for their, their guinea pigs or their chinchillas or or worrying about their reptile, there will be plenty of, of pet feed supplies available. That is not going to close. And, and um, indeed, and indeed, essential, if your pet's on medication, absolutely. your vet's also open to provide the medication they need. No change in that either. No, welfare, animal welfare is, has always been and remains our top priority as vets. But just a, a last point, which um, I want to leave our listeners with, which is a very positive one, is I read just yesterday that Durham University and the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine are working very closely with charities 
30 medical detection dogs in the UK. And what they're trying to work out now is to see if dogs might be able to sniff out the coronavirus in the future. So they're already wow. starting to train them to sniff out the coronavirus. I, I know that I know that those medical detection dogs can they can detect Parkinson's disease in people. Yep. They can they can detect um, various cancers as well. So now now they can detect the coronavirus. That's the theory. That, that's a great idea. Dogs I, are remarkable creatures. They're aren't they? absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And if we can have them working on this, I think my goodness, what a change it's going to make to the whole world right now. Pete, thank you so so much for joining me today. I think that a really nice discussion and hopefully um, help out some people separate the fact from the fiction when it comes to coronavirus and the current pandemic hopefully it'll all be over soon and we can all go back to our normal lives hopefully even with a few lessons learned perhaps because um you know just as we're enjoying our pets in this period of confinement i think we're going to appreciate them all the more when life goes back to normal because they're going to support us through this period they really have a key key role to play in supporting us through it absolutely well thanks again and hopefully we'll talk soon take care of yourself over there <laughs> thank you Well, that's it for this first episode of Vet Voice the Pet Pod, and I really hope we've been able to share some helpful advice and information. We're going to put some links in the show notes for more information from reputable sources and some of those that we discussed during the conversation I had with Pete just now. Please don't forget that nobody knows your own pet like you do. So if you're in any way worried or concerned about your pet's health, contact your own vet directly first by phone. And on that note, the next time, I'm going to be looking at some emergency treatment and first aid that you might be able to do in your own home, following your vet's advice. So to make sure that you receive the next episode, please do like, share and subscribe to the podcast. And thanks so much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.